0: Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, we do begin a new church year with the season of Advent. And the connections between Advent and the end of the last church year, all of one week ago, are not exactly straightforward ones. For the past few weeks, in our gospel readings, we have heard stories about Jesus coming back as that Lord of all Lords, King of all kings, as the judge of the living and the dead. If you remember the reading last week was a story of the sheep and the goats, how Jesus, as a shepherd, separates the sheep from the goats will separate out those who trust in him, those who have faith versus those who do not have faith, and those who trust in him will go to inherit the kingdom of heaven, but those who did not trust him, they will go to the place of eternal torment, meant for Satan and for all of his angels. So that's how we ended the church year, but now we begin it, and our gospel reading today is rather peculiar, as I said. It talks about, to us, Holy Week. It talks about Jesus entering Jerusalem, and although he is hailed as a king— he doesn't much look like one, does he? Jesus is not coming with a powerful army in tow. He is not seated on a mighty warhorse or a chariot. Instead, Jesus is sitting humbly on a donkey as he goes into Jerusalem and he is being hailed as the Messiah, as the son of David. But he didn't really look the part. He, he looked very unimpressive. And yet, as people were hailing him, crying out, Hosanna, as they were putting their cloaks on the road and cutting down palm branches and putting them before him, in their heart of hearts, they were hoping that Jesus was that Messiah, even if they didn't understand that. And as it turned out, their hopes were fulfilled. Again, in a way that I don't think any of them were prepared for, Jesus did become that king of kings. Jesus came to the cross. And there, as he was crucified on the cross above him, he was marked as that king of the Jews. And that's exactly who he was. But there was irony there. Because that was meant as a taunt. If this is a king, some king he is. But through the eyes of faith, we see that. We see that Jesus nailed to the cross. We see that sign above his head, King of the Jews. And we say, yes, Lord. Yes, that is who you are. You are the king. And though it does not look like a great, mighty, and powerful display of our God's glory, it is there that His glory is seen most clearly. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, comes in weakness and in suffering. He comes to the cross because there He atones for our sin. There is our forgiveness. There is our salvation and eternal life. All of that is possible because Jesus, true man and true God, dies as the innocent one there on the cross. See, back in Jesus' day, everybody was getting prepared for the Passover, getting prepared for that sacrificial lamb, getting prepared for that meal together with their friends and family. What they didn't know is that Jesus wasn't preparing for the Passover. Jesus was the Passover. Jesus would be that lamb who was slain for all people, for all of our sins, so that all of us would have life. And so the gospel reading today, while it might seem out of place, It's actually meant to help us to understand quite clearly that we will never understand Jesus as king unless we understand him as the king who came to suffer and die on the cross and rise again on the third day. But if we understand that, then we understand Advent. We understand what it is that we are praying for as we pray, Lord, come, come to us. Come, bring the fruition of your kingdom. Come to all and set the world straight. Lord, come. Isaiah, in that Old Testament reading, was asking for just that, wasn't he? He was asking, Lord, rend the heavens, tear the heavens apart and come down, come down into our world because we need you. We know the types of things that happen when you come. There is salvation for your people. We know how you saved the Israelites who were in bondage. They were slaves in Egypt with no hope, with no future. They were powerless. But Lord, when you came, When you came and visited them, when you saw their distress, you, you brought salvation. You brought rescue. You brought redemption. And so, Lord, come. Come because we need that now. In the time of Advent, our hearts pray to God, come But we need to understand why is it that we are asking the Lord to come? And what will that mean? What will that mean for us? Because as Isaiah begins to pray, Lord, that you would rend the heavens and come down, he has to take a step back. He remembers all of the good things that the Lord does, but he also remembers the Lord is a holy God. We are not holy people. We are sinners. If I am asking that holy and just God to come down, he will come down in judgment. And he will not come in judgment merely against my enemies. He will come down in judgment against me. And so, as Isaiah remembers that, he must also remember the Lord's grace, the Lord's mercy. He must ask the Lord to come in forgiveness to all of his wayward people, to all of the people who have not taken seriously the Lord's commands. And that just might be you and me. See, if we join in Isaiah's prayer If our prayer during this time of Advent is, Lord, come, we need to realize what is it that we are asking for. We might be asking for mighty deliverance, but our God comes not merely with deliverance. He also comes with judgment. Our Lord judges sin, and he judges sinners. That's what we were talking about at the end of the church here. And as we pray now that the Lord would come, we have to realize We're praying for his judgment. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared? If you're like me, you might be thinking, I don't think I am. I I, I need to set some things straight. And Advent is a season to do that. It's a season to pray, Lord, come but also for us to reflect on our sin and to realize we must repent. We want the Lord to come, but we must also come to him. We must come back to him and turn from our sin, turn from our wayward ways, turn from our idols that we have been worshiping in our lives and return to worship him as the one true God, to love him first and to love him foremost in our lives. If we are praying for the Lord to come, he will come in judgment. We want to be on the right side of that equation. And so we need to turn our hearts to him and repent. Oh Lord, that you would rend the heavens and come down, but that we would be found not as sinners, but as repentant people. People who are turning from our sin and turning to you in faith. People who are turning to you in faith because we see the cross. See, there it is again. If we begin with the cross, we begin to understand not only the depth of our own sin, but also the depth of God's love and forgiveness. And so in the season of Advent, we might be thinking about Christmas We might be thinking about the Lord's return, but here that gospel reading tells us to think about Jesus, the King who comes to suffer and die for our sins. Because when that comes into focus, we not only are able to repent, but we know that we are forgiven in our repentance, and our Lord changes our hearts and our minds, to live those repentant lives. See, we pray that the God of our fathers and mothers would come to us to set things straight. That can be a powerful prayer. It can be a dangerous prayer if you're not ready. So we repent to be ready. And as we are made ready, we remember that the Lord comes, and he comes not just in judgment, but in salvation. And so when we pray, Lord, come, we know that he sweeps away all sinners. He sweeps away all sin, but he doesn't sweep us away. Rather, we are swept up swept up into his arms of love, swept up into his arms of kindness and grace because of that cross, because of Jesus, because our sins are forgiven. When Jesus came as that lowly king, he did so, so that he would prepare us, prepare us for that time when he would come again in judgment. Have you been prepared? Have you been preparing? In this season of Advent, our hearts will be crying out, Lord, come. We pray that you would come again. Come into this world that is broken. Come to us. And God draws our eyes to the cross. He draws our eyes to the cross so that we would understand truly who is it we are asking to come. It is that King of kings, that Lord of lords, who suffered and died on the cross for your sins and for mine. That's the King that we are asking to return. And when he returns, he receives us in his arms as his children, as those who have come to him in faith. But he doesn't just do that at the end of time. He does that today. He does that each and every day. He does that as he comes to us in his word. In God's word, he comes to us and he assures us of that love and forgiveness. And as we see who he is through the cross, we know that. He has come to us in our life, tangibly in our baptisms. He has joined us to his cross. He has joined us to his resurrection. And he comes to us in his holy meal. As he gives to us bread and wine, he gives to us his body and his blood. Our King comes to us. That prayer of Advent, come Lord. It's not just a prayer that we pray thinking about our Lord yet to come. It is a prayer that our Lord uses to direct our eyes once again to his cross. We see that King who has come. That King who came into this world. Who came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Who came to a death that he didn't deserve on Good Friday. Who came into a tomb where he was laid to rest. But who came again to new life on the third day as he rose again, a king who came into his father's glory and ascension, a king who will come back again, but a king who is still ever with us, to bring us to repentance, to grow us in our faith, to grow us in our love for other people. The advent It's kind of a tricky time. Our eyes are directed every sort of direction at once. We think about the past. We think about the future. Our eyes are drawn to the present. But above all, our eyes are drawn to the cross. For there we see who our king is. We see a king who comes. He comes in love. He comes in grace and forgiveness. But most importantly, he comes for you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen.